Welcome to the People Powered Business Podcast. I'm your host, Christy Lee Billet. If you employ staff, engage contractors, or rely on people to help deliver your products or services, you're in the right place. Join us each week as we dive in to uncover what makes people tick, learn the best strategies and tactics to build an amazing team, and most importantly, discover how you, the business owner or leader, can unleash the power of your people to help create the successful business you deserve. Let's get started. Hey, it's Christy Lee here and welcome to episode number 152 of the People Powered Business Podcast, of course. Welcome. It's wonderful to have you here today on the podcast. I hope you're having a great day, whatever you're up to. Now, today on the podcast, we're chatting about something that seems to sort of bubble to the surface every so often when I'm chatting to our members of People Powered HR, working with our consulting clients and working with my private coaching clients. And that is this scenario that we are often faced with as managers and leaders, as bosses in our business, where we start to second guess ourselves when it comes to our team. I don't know whether you've had this feeling before where you kind of thought, the problem's me. I'm definitely going insane. Um, What have I done wrong? How do I fix it? Why can't I do this? Why am I so bad at being a manager? I don't know whether any of that sounds familiar to you. But I do notice that this bubbles to the surface, as I said, every so often. And I don't know whether it's the return from the Christmas break recently, the start of a new year, the absolute chaotic pace that everyone seems to have just swung back into work in and and ourselves included. It has been so, so busy this start to this new year. And for some reason, this is really showing up a lot with the businesses I'm working with at the moment. So I wanted to chat about it. Is it you or is it them? (laughs) When you've got a problem employee on your hands, are you the problem or is it them and they're just making you feel like you're going crazy? (laughs) So today we're going to chat about why we second guess ourselves so often as managers, as leaders, as small business owners, and we feel like we're going insane I want to unpack when the problem actually is us because sometimes it is. I'm not going to cherry coat this and say, sugarcoat, I should say, um, you know, that the problem is always the employee because it's not. Sometimes we are absolutely to blame for what's going on and I want to unpack when that might be the case. And then we're going to look at when it's not the case and when we really need to stop blaming ourselves and actually manage this person and sometimes even manage them out of our business because, A toxic person on our team, that is not what we want. And the impact they will be having, if you've got one of these people, I guarantee you it's worse than you think. And I don't want to scare you, but it's definitely worse than you think. So why are we so good at jumping to the feeling that we're going insane? I just want to sort of explore a few scenarios with you. Now, quite quite a few years ago, and I, I... Say say that because it it was a day it was a Friday afternoon, and I should have been at home with my very young child. I want to say baby, but she was almost a toddler, and I know it was a long time ago because she started high school this week. Oh my god! Um, and I had to go into the office because my team wanted me to action something. They wanted me to have a really awful conversation with someone. And they convinced me that it needed to happen. My gut feel was telling me this doesn't feel like the right time. Something needs to be done here, but this doesn't feel like it. 
but I wanted to appease my team. I don't know whether you've ever had that feeling before, and I'm sure I'm sure you have, where you think, oh, okay, I need to look after them. I need to do what they're asking me to do. I need to be the leader that I think they want me to be. So I stood in the office in this tiny meeting room and had the conversation that I didn't want to have, not just because I was very good at avoiding difficult conversations, because even yes, I have done that, but because I knew in my gut it wasn't quite right. And shortly after, the person left and I stood in this white, tiny meeting room that we used for interviews, back against the wall, and I broke down in tears. I thought to myself, I suck at this. <laughs> I am a terrible leader, manager. I can't do what my core team is expecting of me. I don't think I handled that conversation well. It didn't end how I wanted it to end. It didn't get the result I wanted it to get. I felt like an awful human being. I don't know whether you've had that feeling. And I knew it wasn't quite right, but I was letting my team control how I did things. We should never do that. Just in the last couple of weeks, I've been having conversations with business owners who share with me, I think I'm going insane. Like, I really must be overworking this person because they're not performing and it must be a work thing. It's not always a work thing. (laughs) It's not always a work thing. And when we assume that it's a work thing and we keep trying to band-aid work things, often we're actually missing what's really going on and missing the warning signs we need to be paying attention to. I think fundamentally, business owners and leaders and managers are good people and we want to see the best in people. We tend to be people that don't catastrophize. We see the positive in everything. We see opportunity in everything. Those of us who are entrepreneurial certainly will resonate with this. So then we tend to see the best in people and we tend to try and see opportunities and how we can improve. And again, when we have those rose-colored glasses on, we miss things, right? Perhaps you've had someone on your team that is doing just enough. So they're not actually doing anything wrong and they're not nasty, but they're just, you know, skating by and it starts to drive you batty. If you've ever had someone like that on your team, you'll know this feeling where it really eats you, gets really under your skin. And then you can tend to feel in those scenarios like you are overreacting because they are doing the job, but barely, right? These are the people that make us feel like we're going crazy as managers or the people who are inconsistent. They are amazing one week And then two weeks later, they are rubbish. And again, it's that feeling like, oh, it must be me. I'm going insane. They were pretty good last week. They'll come back around. So it's not all that bad. Is any of this resonating? Is any of this sounding familiar? Oh, yeah, I've had one of these people on my team. Perhaps because you know right now that finding a new staff member is absurdly difficult, that you're tolerating more than you usually would with your team. You're letting people get away with things that you're really not that okay with but the prospect of having to go to market and find someone else in case you ruffle their feathers or you upset them and they leave just has you thinking, I'll just deal with it. But it's really driving you crazy. One of the classic signs is it's subtle. It's kind of hard to put your finger on what's actually going on with this person. And so again, you're left feeling like, oh, it's me. I'm overreacting. I'm overthinking it. I'm micromanaging. I'm expecting too much from them. But you know deep down, actually, something's not quite right here. Or the classic, the employee who has an answer or an excuse 
for everything, <laughs> for absolutely everything. Those people, they're frustrating, right? So all of these types of behaviors, these types of scenarios where we are trying to believe the best in people, trying to look after our team, trying to see opportunity and potential, trying to tolerate what we know we shouldn't. These are all the the sort of red flags, if you like, that send us towards feeling like we're going a little bit cray cray. And in fact, it's not always the case that we are at fault here. And how do we determine, is it us or is it them that's causing this stress, this underlying tension? It's causing us to be maybe up at night, stressing about our staff, which is not something I want for any of you. So how do we figure it out, whether the problem is actually us or is actually them? Let's talk about firstly, when the issue is actually us, because sometimes we are the problem, let's be honest, and it can be hard to self-reflect on that. And it's often not the times when you think it's your fault. I'll have to be really honest. The times when you're thinking, oh, have I given them too much work? No, that's not usually it. But when it is our problem is when we've done a few key things wrong. And often we do this because things are so obvious to us as leaders, as managers, as entrepreneurs, as business owners, as experienced individuals in life and in work, that we make an assumption that it's obvious to everyone else. And that's quite often where things start to to sort of break down. And this is when it's on us. It's our fault. So it's our fault and it's on us if we haven't onboarded the person properly. So if you've got a scenario where you've got a new employee who isn't performing at the level you expected, they haven't hit the ground running, they're not doing the things you want them to do, I want you to first ask yourself, have I actually onboarded this person properly? And onboarding is not, hi, here's the toilets, here's the kitchen, read the policy manual, off you go. That's not onboarding. (laughs) In fact, we've done previous episodes on onboarding. Onboarding is a three to six month process. If you haven't onboarded effectively, You have not set this person up for success and it's very likely that what is going on is at least in part due to the lack of onboarding. So that's one scenario where we are to blame and it is us and not them that's causing this problem. The second absolutely classic one, we haven't communicated with them. Surprisingly, our employees can't read our mind. (laughs) be nice and easy if they could it might be scary if they could as well but um in fact in our free facebook group just in the last week someone shared that the conversations they have in their mind about what they'd like to say to their staff are very different to the conversations they're actually having with their people um which is so often the case right so we haven't communicated now you can think you've communicated maybe you said this is what we're doing but you haven't gone into the nuance you haven't gone into the detail you haven't mapped out how we're going to do that This came up really recently, actually, with a consulting client that I'm working with, and I was doing an exit interview with one of their really loyal team members, someone who's just moving overseas, so I expected it to be a pretty simple exit interview, and she was really honest, and I really appreciated her honesty, and she told me, we have got no idea where the leadership team are taking this company, no idea, because no one's ever communicated it. And she went on to explain the impact that was having on the team, that they were never certain which projects were priority and which weren't, 
where lines should be drawn between who had responsibility and authority over things, between, you know, clarity around which clients are ones we're focusing on, how we're going to get new business, what the plans are. There was just no communication from the top down about what the plans were. And it's actually causing havoc with the team. So we haven't been clear and communicated effectively. If that's the case, we are the problem and we can fix it really quickly, which is most important. So clarity is king. Brene Brown says clear is kind. Unclear is unkind. And I think sometimes we fall into this trap of thinking if we're clear, we're being like direct or bossy. It's just not the case. People want to know what's expected from them. They also want to know how they're doing against those expectations. They want to know what the future holds. They want to know how we expect something to be done, what success looks like. They want those things. It's, it's actually really fundamental to them to feel psychologically safe at work. And if we haven't communicated clearly, and I think these days especially, the trap I see business owners fall into is, well, I want them to have autonomy and flexibility in how they do their work. Great, but you've still got to give them the parameters. You've got to give them some scope, some kind of runway as to where they're going. It's so, so important. It's a foundation piece with our teams. And if we're not doing it, the problems we're facing are absolutely on us. And the great news is you can fix it today by communicating clearly today with them. It's that simple. Start the process. Another place that we're often letting our people down and the problems are on us is in leadership. Now, this is a real challenge because no one tells you (laughs) when you're going into business that you need to learn how to be a leader. And leadership is not an innate thing that we all have built into us. It's a skill that we need to learn and we can learn. And the same goes for the leaders within our business. Because what happens in every business is that the best technical people at the job, whatever the job is, whether it's building cabinetry, whether it's um, treating patients, whether it's writing documents, the great technical people get promoted into leadership roles. But being great technically at the job does not make you a great leader. And if we're not developing our emerging leaders by giving them training, by getting them mentors, by giving them support, then it will be luck at best that delivers you a good leader out of that. And without strong leadership, you are going to have problems. In fact, leadership, strong leadership is the number one priority for most people seeking work right now. If someone is thinking about changing jobs, leadership is up there without a doubt. And in most cases, it's their number one priority. So without strong leadership, you will get turnover. You will get employees leaving your business. You will get drama. It is absolutely fundamental. And it's that culture of trust that we're trying to create. And the final issue that we've created, if we've got a problem, is that we've hired the wrong person or for the wrong role. You can't outrun a bad hire and you can do everything right beyond that. But if you've hired the wrong person and it's not working out, that's not actually their fault. Just recently, I was working with a business and they had a new recruit within probation who was not working out. Her direct leader was frustrated because the quality, the output of the work wasn't there. The team didn't want to work with her because she didn't fit into the culture. 
And ultimately, she got exited from the business. But do you know what? None of that was her fault. She was not mean. She was not nasty. She was a lovely, lovely person with very strong skills, but not the right skills for this role. But that's not her fault. That was the company's fault. And it was the person who made the hiring decisions fault. So these are the scenarios when the problem is actually us. When we make poor hiring choices, when we don't onboard effectively, when we fail to communicate and provide clarity, or we don't provide strong leadership, the problems in our business, the problems with our team are our fault. That's when it's okay to second guess yourself and to think you are the problem and you need to make change. But it's not in all the other scenarios that I so often see business owners think that the problem is them. So let's flip the switch here. When is the problem not you? And the funny thing is, all of these things I'm about to share with you are the times when I hear business owners and leaders and managers think that the problem's them, but they've got it totally wrong. And this is the psychology of being a boss and the psychology of dealing with people is that you've got to know how to read people and you've got to see the red flags and what's underlying. And that's not something that's natural to everyone. I happen to have a degree in psychology and I've done some work in the psychology space. So I have not only an extra interest in this, but I've spent a lot more time reading behavior. So sometimes when I'm working with the business, I'll say, oh yeah, but this is what's going to happen next. Or, oh yeah, this is what they're doing. And it's like, I've just seen straight through and the business owner will say to me, how did you see that? But I've spent a long time reading human behavior. So things that I see as very obvious and not something that most people would see. But here are some tips as to what you should be looking for. If you have an employee who is refusing to follow directions, refusing to do their job, that's a them problem, not a you problem. And you need to figure out what you're going to do with them. And it might be an exit strategy. There's, there's no doubt about that. If they are not interested in participating in doing the job that you've hired them to do, and they are at every turn putting up roadblocks, coming up with excuses, just not getting it done, you need a performance management plan immediately. You need to stop tolerating this refusal to do their job, and you need to get a plan in place to either get them back on track and get them doing their job or to exit them from your business. That is not something that you are responsible for. What about someone who is toxic in the workplace? Now, so often when it comes to toxic employees, we miss the warning signs because they are really, really subtle. And often they are undermining or gaslighting behaviors. So recently, one of our members of People Powered HR was sharing with us they had an employee who's exiting. And this employee has been telling other staff members really negative things that are untrue and ultimately encouraging other people to exit the business. That is toxic. That person needs to go. Now, I preface all of this by saying, if you're going to terminate an employee, you need to do it in a compliant way, in accordance with the law. We can help you with that if you need to. Do not just go randomly firing people and getting yourself in trouble with fair work. But you absolutely need an exit plan. Toxic people in your workplace cannot be turned around. That is my firm belief. You can turn around a disengaged employee, but you cannot turn around a toxic employee and the damage they are doing every second they are in your business is can be catastrophic, to be fair. So that is, is they are the problem there and you need to deal with the problem. Perhaps you've got an employee who has checked out, they've disengaged, 
Now, there's lots of signs of disengagement. One of the highest signs of disengagement is a really high absenteeism rate. So if you've got someone that uses their sick leave the moment they've got it available or has a tendency to take every second Friday off, they've disengaged. They don't have a health problem. They've got an engagement problem. They're not interested anymore. Now, at this early stage, they haven't become toxic. You can possibly turn them around. You can have some curious conversations. You can look to re-engage them and put in place some re-engagement strategies. So this is someone who you can turn good again. But the problem isn't you. The problem isn't the workplace. The problem is them. And you need to figure out how to re-engage them with work. Perhaps you've got someone who is harder work to have them around than it would be if they weren't there. (laughs) This is especially true if this is a support person in your business. If having them around makes your life harder and they are meant to be there to assist you in any capacity, then it's not working. It's not right. You need to figure out a plan here. And it's not you that's the problem. You haven't overworked them. You haven't set them the wrong tasks. There's a mismatch somewhere along the lines and you need to figure out what that is. Maybe it's training. Maybe it's development. Maybe it's re-engagement. But something needs to change. Fundamentally, Look at behaviours. Look at who is controlling the culture of the business and look at who is not aligned to the values of the business, to your values potentially, and who doesn't fit culturally because they're the ones that you need to make change with. And the longer you tolerate the behaviours, the longer you tolerate the toxicity, the longer you tolerate them fighting back, refusing to follow directions, putting up arguments, constantly making excuses – then the more your business is a detriment. The more it impacts the really great team members you have on your team because A players don't want to work with difficult people. And in today's market, they've got a choice and they can move very easily if they want to. So if you've got a motivation issue, if you've got a cultural fit issue, if you've got a values alignment issue, you are not the problem. It is absolutely them. And your job as the leader is to figure out the plan. What are we going to do from here? How are we going to manage this? Because the longer you sit on it, the worse it gets. I can tell you one thing for certain, the problem will never fix itself. Never, ever, ever, unless they resign potentially. (laughs) But but that's, that's a very long shot. So you do need to take action as a leader and fix the problem. So to recap today, I wanted to have a chat to you about, is it you or is it them? When you have a problem employee on your hands and you feel like you are going around in circles and insane and that it must be your fault, is it actually you? And we've chatted about some of the times when it is you, when you're not being clear, when you're not communicating, when you're hiring the wrong people. And we've had a chat about when the problem is actually the person, when we need to stop blaming ourselves and actually step up and manage this person when their behaviours are out of whack, when their values don't align, when they're not performing, then the problem is definitely them. Stop second-guessing yourself, put on your boss pants, and let's do it. Let's deal with them. One of my favourite quotes is, you get what you demand and you encourage what you tolerate. So my call for you today is to have a look at what you're tolerating with your people. What is that costing you? Time, energy, money, productivity, motivation, the list goes on. 
And what could you stop tolerating right now? And what impact could that have on your business? I hope that's been a really useful conversation and has sparked some thoughts. If you would like to connect with other leaders, managers, and business owners who maybe you're also thinking about what they're tolerating with their team, I'd love for you to join us over in our free Facebook group, HR Support for Australian Businesses. There is a link directly to that uh, Facebook group wherever you're listening to this episode today. So you can click on the link in the show notes or just head over, head over, I should say, to Facebook groups and search HR Support Australia and you will find us there. I really hope to see you over in the Facebook group. Have a fabulous week and I'll be back again next week with a brand new episode of the People Powered Business Podcast. Take care.